Hello and welcome to what might turn out to be an utterly bizarre 10th episode of Beyond the Iron Sea. That's right, and we're the podcast that acts as bouncer to Keen's VIP room. We are law, you are Keen crime. This edition is going to teach you on the precipice between genius and total failure, as I personally am bouncing back from the jaws of illness. Yes, despite being stricken with a mystery illness for the last week or so, Andrew simply couldn't let you guys down any longer and had to come over to lay down a podcast. Yep, after three medicinal beers, I'm ready to lay anything. <laughs> Let's hope this podcast isn't a complete fiasco then. So on this edition, it is Hopes and Fears time, and we don't mean the album. We'll be looking at what we know about the third record to date, and talking about our hopes and our fears for the direction of recording. Is it looking good? Like topless Tim in the sunshine? Or looking a bit rough, like a bearded Richard in a thunderstorm? We'll be answering that. And more. On today's Beyond the Iron Sea. I can't wait. I am actually really ill, you know. Richard Hughes collects pairs of socks and has an entire room devoted to them in his North London penthouse. Beyond the The latest blogs and pictures that the band have added to the website all add weight to the theory that the third album is so, so close to completion. Yeah, Tom's even been on the band's official message board to complain that the suspense of waiting for the race is too much even for him. And he's heard the thing. (laughs) You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, There have been sound bites that have been quite retrospective. Uh, There's an interview, uh, I think it's with Tom, asking, uh, asking how the experience has been. Yeah, that sounds like the past tense to me. Yep, as though it's already done. So, you know, we're close. So close, if we stuck our tongues that far enough, we could probably lick it. Uh, Don't try. But given what we've been told, is there anything that makes us uneasy? A little bit, you know... Yes, it's a borrow a cliche. Um, What are our hopes and fears? And what do we know that makes us think this could be a potential classic? Or a potential... Not classic. Yeah, well put. So, Chris, we've been making some notes on our our notepads... uh, just in the in the run up to recording, um, about two minutes before. <laughs> so, what is it that you really want from this? What do I want? I want it to be smooth. I want it to be sexy. I want it to be, you know. What no, do that, I- no, that's good. That's good. You want three men to get sexy with you, um, sexy with you and a piano. Yes, and and I want it to be groovy as well. I want you know a tight bass line with it working with the drums and a bit of kind of funk to it. You think with the, the fat bass line that Jesse's been laying down, um, or also has been reputed, do you think Jesse's going to really add that, that, that funk that you want? I certainly hope so, yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we still want an album that sounds like Keen. You still want that anthemic, chiming piano quality. You still want, you still want it to sound like the band, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's one of the things I've said, which you just read off my notepad. I, I said I wanted uh, charming pianos, silky bass lines, and just a coherent album, really, where all the tracks seem to fit together. That's the thing I like about Keen. It's not just you know, here are our best twelve songs. It's you mm. know, some some re- you know, a really These good are the mix twelve best songs best. that went together. Yeah, um, which I guess is how you end up with B signs that people fall in love with. I mean, the mm. likes of Snowed Under. Um, Walnut Tree. Well, that, that's just from the first single. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> The thing is, something that something that really bothers me is that when you look at it now, we are July 2008. The last time uh, Keane went on stage without an album to promote, without anything there, and re- and played something that wasn't already out there for people to already hear, 
That was March, March 2005. And what, what was that song? It was Try Again um, at the start of their oh, tour of America. Um, and since then, we've heard nothing untried, nothing that hasn't gone through the studio and out the other side. There's been no experimentation whatsoever. If you think of it, there, there was no songwriting while Tom was having what I think we'll, we'll politely term his break. Um, on this most recent album, on, Under the Iron Sea, there were no new B-sides. Nothing new to go with The Night Sky, it was a, a remix and a cover. Mm. Nothing new to go with... Um, a Bad Dream. That was it. Uh, again, a remix and a cover. Mm. So the only, the only song, I think, that was recorded since the most... Well, since Under the Iron Sea was Tiderian, which is, in effect, a Tim solo. So what you have is a band that hasn't actually put any new material at all out in the, the public domain live since the last album was recorded. Hmm. Um, and does, that, does, that worries me. Does, but on the flip side to that, does that mean that, you know, Tim's perhaps saving up a huge bank? Uh, maybe, you know, they decided to write off the B-sides for the second album and just thought, okay, sod it, we wasted some B-sides on... You know, with the first album, let's make sure we've got 12 really brilliant tracks for the third album. See, that does remind me of um, how they were advised to keep thin air in the bank for the second album. And in mm. the end, it, it just it didn't quite fit in because it was from a different mm. time. It was anachronistic. And I, I kind of have a feeling that if anything was saved up from the second album that wasn't used, and which they didn't work on, if it doesn't fit together with what they've worked on now, it's just not going to work. Um, it's not going to be from the Paris and Berlin sessions. And I, mm. I think in that sense, um, anything that is unheard from then is, is not going to be out there. Yeah, but th they may not have recorded um, those early things, but this is, could have reworked them in a sort of Paris or Berlin mould, you know, as, as, you know, the sound I, of the third Song album. ideas aren't going to go away, are they? No, absolutely not. And I'm sure they kind of recycle things <laughs> yeah, from the bank. I think as well, I don't think... The, the band would, would think this was unfair comment, that they have been quite conservative um, with a small C in the way that they've played their live shows over the last couple of years, in that whenever there was a whenever there was a chance to perhaps, you know, go out on a limb, play something that was perhaps a little bit risky, that they haven't done that. Um, mm. Just to compare that with... Well, it's, it's a natural comparison. Let's compare them with uh, their most recent peers, uh, Coldplay, who... In the gap between the second and the third albums, obviously they didn't have the troubles that Keen have, but they I think they previewed something like 12, 13 songs between the second and third albums coming out. And obviously one of the songs was a, um, a non-album single of sorts mm. in Moses uh, when the live album came out. But the, the others all sort of made it out as B-sides or, you know, ideas from them made it into other songs, whereas Keen have played precisely none. Um, and... I kind of hope that there are things that ha we haven't heard that are in the pipeline. Hmm. No, I, I, I think, I mean, there's been a little bit of a discussion about this on the message board, actually, um, with people saying about um, Nothing In My Way and Hamburg Song, that they were played so much during the first album that, you know, people felt they belonged to the f um, first album. Yeah. And, you know, there's been other artists where, the, where you know, they've released an album and I've heard, you know, 80% of it already from, from being played live. So... I, to be honest, I'm quite looking forward to having a you know 100% brand new material. So, and I, I, should we agree to disagree? No, I, I'm actually going to agree with you because if I can refer back to Coldplay, when that third album did eventually come out, um, although there were elements of other songs that they'd worked on previously on there, they were there were no songs on that record on X and Y which they previously previewed. 
They may have played lots of new songs on their way around the world, but none of them went into the studio and came out on the album itself. Mm. But I mean, you could say Keen have done the same thing. You know, they uh, they only played it once, but they've they've done uh, the sun ain't gonna shine anymore, and they did American Dream in New York once. So but there's none, been none the, of the occasional you know these are not their songs, Chris. Their their covers. Anyone. With all due respect to musicians, anyone can knock out a cover if given a couple of days' notice. Mm. That's what the live lounge is for. Um, but yeah, I think as, as far as a fear goes, I, it's not something that really bothers me about it. It's it's just a bit of a niggle. Um, but I, I think that's part of who they are as a band, and I don't think it's going to affect the studio album as such. I, well, I hope it's not anyway. Yeah. Okay, I think we've heard Andrew's fears there and my hope, so let's swap it around now. Um, my fears. I just hope they haven't sort of developed this album too much in this, in the sense that it's going to be, you know, that they've heard all this material so much and they've sort of spun it around, and it's going to be very kind of difficult to listen to. I hope mm. they haven't detracted from the main point too I, much. I think a lot of people would agree with this. I mean, we we all know somebody who tends to overthink things too much. They have an idea in their head and it bounces around and it mm. ends up developing into something that it, you know, it. It really shouldn't. You really just need to sort of get it out there and see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you work on an album like this for maybe, you know, eight months to a year, then... Yeah, I, and that's what I'm saying, that I just hope it hasn't sort of, you know, it, it doesn't get too far removed from the main points and, 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 and get too sort of twisted. But with Jesse being there, I'm hoping that, you know, they have had the opportunity to just play through as a band and hopefully capture that raw first sound. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Noel Gallagher said recently, you know... The first recording is always the best one. However many times you try and do something, the first is always the best. And, you know, who are we to disagree? Well, certainly not. That's how I did my dissertation. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah. I think the other thing that bothers... Well, it bothers me, and I I know it bothers you. Again, I'm looking at your notes here. um, (laughs) That we haven't heard a lot about this album. And a lot of people would say, oh, we've we've had logs and pictures and, and so on. Hmm. But really, we've not heard No, I mean, they've been banging on about Perfect Symmetry and also Black Burning Heart. But uh, but other than that, I think there's only sort of playing away and one of the one of the no, it's, sorry, it's playing along. Yeah, um, whatever. Um, they haven't talked about it much, so maybe it's it's not on the record anyway. But hmm. but I mean, they, they've t- mentioned sort of three song titles, which I find a bit bit disturbing. Is it going to be an album full of filler tracks where well, the rest aren't as good as those songs? Th- it could be. It could be a couple of things. It could be the band trying to be deliberately aloof that when they do a feature with someone like Q or they have blogs like this, mm. they need to have a couple of songs that we know about that they can talk about openly mm. and other songs that they talk about allegorically that don't have titles that they can say, oh, we've got such and such a, a song which is coming along great and sounds like this and that and whatever. I haven't really got that sense, though, apart from maybe, you know, what the one or two with uh, the electric saw. Which you know, I, I've been thinking about quite a lot, and the, the nearest I can think is either something like the solo in "She Has No Time," or a very kind of dark vibe. Like I was listening to "Hill to the Thief" the other day. I think it could be mm. like something like um, "We Suck Young Blood." It, it wouldn't surprise me if there's that kind of vibe on a very kind of slow, dirgy, beautiful vibe on it. Yeah, I think that's good. I think having having a slightly sinister vibe will be quite good, but. If I can, if I can link us quickly in some, you know, some of my hopes, okay. I think that sinister thing is not where the band are at at the moment. They seem ha- excited and happy. They seem much more cohesive than they have in a long time. Um, just uh, well, obviously, this is something that they want to show us, and none of us would have said that the band seemed fractured before um, before the second record came out. But they seem as though they're on the same page for the first time in a while. Um, they have a new producer, well, new producers. 
Um, they're experimenting. I mean, a music, you know, playing the saw is not something that, you know, you would have associated with Keen. No, absolutely. I mean, that taking risks a bit more even because uh, it has been very much, you know, piano, um, drums and, and vocal. I can see how they want to push that. But I think now is, is the good time to, to sort of, you know, push in all directions. And if I can just sort of have, have one final thought on, on this... Like Jerry's final thought, Jerry Springer. <laughs> well, when you and I um, sat down with the band, um, such a long time, almost a year ago now, wasn't it? Um, and at the time, we talked a little bit about music, and we were asking, you know, what sort of things are you listening to at the moment, on the back of a, you know, a grueling tour. Um, and there were sort of one or two names, like Richard and his his, his love for Barsook, uh, the record label from America, uh, Taken and Sarah. Um, but f- mostly, the band didn't seem to have a lot on their playlists at the time. They didn't seem to be really immersed in music. Whereas, if you look at the blogs recently, there's no end to the amount of mentions of albums that they're listening to, from from Talking Heads, uh, Flaming Lips, uh, Jay-Z at Glastonbury, um, Tim was talking about the Ting Tings, great new album, um, Blitz and Trapper, um, you know, stuff that... that the typical keen listener might not be listening to, but the band are right in there, and it seems like they've got their enthusiasm for music back. Yeah. Um, which is exciting. Definitely. And, I, you know, we've said how they're all working on songs together, even Tom, and I, he obviously wasn't doing that during the second record, by all, by all accounts. Um, and and I, obviously I, I, he's, still, uh, he's still finding time to nip off for the test, um, obviously. Obviously, yeah, but, I mean, in his position, who wouldn't? Well, yes. Um, and we don't even know how, how involved he was with the first album, really, because presumably that album was sort of mostly put together before uh, before they entered the studio. So th- th- I imagine this is the first time they've really worked together in a studio um, not, and not just sort of in, in Tim's back room. Yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how Keen, the big band, work together now that they are now that they are the big band and now that they are all together because we've not we're in uncharted territory here we've seen keen the tiny band working together we've seen keen the big fractured band but this is for the first time keen comfortable with their stature and out there recording so who knows what we've to expect well it's exciting yeah, and again it's... after a whole discussion we still haven't come to any conclusions yeah, 20 minutes and we're still undecided. But I think I hope you found that interesting, even if we did ramble on for a hell of a long time. Um, we just can't wait to hear this record, can we? And if anyone does get a copy, please send it to us. That includes you, Tim. We know you're listening. Tom Chaplin was approached for a small cameo as an impotent taxi driver in the recent Sex and the City movie, but he was devastated when he had to turn it down due to other commitments. Beyond the Thanks for all your emails since the last podcast, guys. We're running really tight to time now. Plus, I do need to apply my special ointment. So we can't answer any more questions this week, but we promise to have a bumper session next week. We'll also be joined by a very, very special guest who can answer your questions about all those technical aspects of Keen's music that you always wanted answered. If there's anything you wanted to know about the band's tech specs, then don't miss this opportunity. Get your emails in to... Beyond the Iron Sea at gmail.com So, until next week, please visit our MySpace at myspace.com slash beyondtheinc And remember, look after yourselves and each other. Farewell. <laughs>